It's not why I said hey, that. Uh, hey, Anthony, do you, like, do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. Could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. Everybody, welcome to a new episode of Mission Star Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Bionis. With me is a man who can continue to talk for Star Wars for almost an hour and not get tired. Is Greg Dietz. All right, look, two things. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars is a passion of mine. Uh, but the other thing is uh, that intro needs to change. We need to do something about that intro. Yeah. Uh, so I have an idea. Uh, so if you're okay with it. Um, Let's uh, let's ask the listeners to send us small sketches or just sketch ideas for uh, what we should do for that intro. Um, we'll punch it up a little bit, see what we see how we can do it, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, choose the one we like the most and do it. I kind of don't trust the internet or the chat, but at the same time, we'll see. We're not reading their shit verbatim. <laughs> Like, if they send us one that's like, oh, Anthony and Greg can't make out, blah, no, we're not doing that one. Well, I'm not opposed to it. But, like, if somebody wants to send us one that's, like, an alterated version of, uh, you know, Castlevania's what is a man but a miserable pile of secrets sort of thing, like, and we change that for the ad, that's what I'm thinking. Oh. I, I, actually, I, kinda, I actually like that idea. What is I want people to send me stuff. Or send you stuff that I read. I then either adjust or punch up, and then we give them credit. That's what I'm looking for. Gotcha. Okay. I will clip this and send it out to the world. And yes, internet, give us, give us your, give us your ideas. But uh, yeah, yeah, we need a new intro. I mean, for that, the intro for this for this um, show is fine. Oh, Valer just made me gag. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh you jokes anyways we're off to a great start today uh, <laughs> uh so guys we got some we got some major major stuff we need to talk about and boy i'm i, I saw this morning and uh it was something that i uh i definitely had a good chance to check out and uh i, I think the the gaming industry might be changing yet again um, I missed all of this because of that third topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to read. Uh, this is from ArsTenica.com, written by Kyle Orlin and Sam. Uh, I cannot pronounce your last name, Sam, so I'm sorry. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to call you Sam M for this. For this. 
Google jumped into gaming with Google Stadia streaming service coming in 2019. Uh, at the Game Developers Conference, Google announced its biggest player yet in the gaming space, a streaming gaming uh, streaming game service named Google Stadia, designed to run on everything from PCs and Android phones to Google's own Chromecast devices. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh. As uh, uh, as of uh, press time, the services release uh, the services release window is simply 2019. No price information was announced at the event. Google uh, uh, Stadia will run a selection of existing PC games on Google's centralized servers, taking in controller inputs and sending them sending them back video. Sorry, sorry. Uh, controller inputs and sending back video and audio using Google's network of low latency data uh, centers. The company revealed a new Google product controller, along with a game service interface that revolves around a play now button. Press the press this on the web browser, and the gameplay will begin, as in a quick five seconds with no download, no patch, no update, no install. With Stadia, this waiting game will be a thing of the past, Google Bill Harrison said. He then demonstrated Stadia gameplay on Pixel 3XL, followed by the least powerful PC we could find. The following gameplay was advertised as 1080p 60 frames per second. Harrison confirmed that existing USB controllers uh, and mouse and keyboard will function with the Stadia games as well. But you want to, uh, but you want that Stadia controller if you want to have access to Capture Button for immediate capture to YouTube to either live stream or save for layer sharing, and a Google System button which lets Stadia players access the controller's built-in microphone. Google didn't confirm whether existing controllers have share buttons uh, will work with any other Stadia platform's custom button functions. So, um, I took some notes for this specific topic because uh, we're doing two topics. Well, it, one, it had 20 minutes long for this one because uh, there's a lot to unpack here in terms of what Google announced at GDC this morning. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, we, we've talked about how it's interesting that the whole... The whole thing is going to be streaming. Like, I think of a game that some of the games that they're showing, right? It's these new games that have, that have come out last year, this year, um, that require at least the minimum, you know, 780p to run. 720p? Um, they yeah it's so the way that it works with uh with the streaming service that it will adjust to whatever internet you have um it's very much like youtube you know how on youtube you go, you go on youtube and you watch a video and like depending on how how no I, I i understand that my my issue anthony is that like with the upload and download speed of certain things that have to do with video games especially like multiplayer games if you're streaming a game Oh, I see you're saying and, and playing it. Yeah. There's just so much going on that I don't, I, I, I mean, I, I, maybe I just don't understand the tech well enough. Maybe I'm just, I, I've lost that touch of mine, but, and maybe someone needs to explain it better, but I, I just, I see a problem. I see a big issue. Because of the, the uh, data caps, at least in the U.S. Yes. And at least, yes. at least in the U.S. If you're in a country where that is not an issue, then this is probably the best thing that, that you are excited for. But yeah, like when it comes to the U.S. specifically, the the big thing that I think a lot of people were wondering about with this is how do you navigate 
using this uh, with the current internet structure of the U.S. Um, with the, with the data caps, um, with the way the internet is handled here, uh, and in some cases with some providers, like you have to pay extra to get that unlimited internet. So, how is that going to work out for a lot of people? And that's then that's a big question. Um, not to mention. If, we're, if they're streaming the game, if they're like streaming at 4K, high resolution games um, and streaming, that's going to take a lot of data. I, I feel like that alone yeah. would take up at least a good week or so, even less than that maybe, depending on how much like, you're streaming. Like I, don't, I don't use anything but the internet in my house. Like I, I, I either, I'm either on the laptop doing stuff on the internet, playing games via the internet, I'm not. I'm not ever doing anything entertainment-wise that doesn't require the internet. Like even my music now is all through Spotify. So there is no spot in my life where I don't use the internet for entertainment. I mean, shit. My second job requires the goddamn internet, DoorDash. So <clears throat> my concern, when I look at how much data my family has used in a month. Because my mom now, you know, being disabled at home, she uses a shit ton of fucking data watching Netflix. Yeah. How, how, how does that, like, I would not be able to use the service. For what? Yep. And, and yeah, the current with the internet structure with some people and with the way it works here, it'd be kind of hard to do so. Um, I think... Pine, obviously, everything was shown at the press conference today was pretty, very much pie in the sky. What I what I what, what I took away from that press conference is this is the ideas and these are the things that uh, that we want to do. And when I mean we mean Google, Google. These are the things that they, that we want to do, and these are the things that we want to um, look to possibly make in the future. Uh, and it's it's launching this year. Um, a lot, obviously a lot of people are very skeptical still, even regarding, you know, the presentation they show and what they have back behind it. Um, it's going to come down to how well it works, you know, is it as they stated, as advertised, like it will be performed well, even in low, uh, in low internet areas. And the third thing. That's I'll, questionable. That's questionable at least. Yes. I mean, I, I, questionable at least. That's questionable at best because, like, it's, it's, I have to play most of my games on a lower set quality setting because of my, my connection. Mm-hmm. Can a game that's streaming to my system, my rig, if you will, that is, you know, doing 720, could I play that game four hours a night streaming it and there'd be nothing wrong? It's there's there's so many ifs on this. Like you like you said, pie in the sky. It's 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 super ambitious, and I love that they're taking steps forward in the gaming world. But mm-hmm. I don't think this is it. It's going to be interesting because one of the things that I, and I saw somebody tweet this earlier is if it works, if it does advertise, and if devs are on board. This is going to be the, this is already was already the start of it, but like Google would have jump started it already, the the, the streaming well, generation of games, because I do listen to uh, I do listen to the uh, the Funhouse podcast and they did briefly talk about this and I don't remember who, but one of them had a really good I or a good point to make about this whole thing. Google has 
dumb money. That's stupid money. Mm-hmm. More money than they know what to do with. And because of that, I feel like Stadia is a gamble that they're willing to take. Yes. If this fails, they just shrug their shoulders and go, oh well. No sweat off our back. Absolutely. And not and, and you mentioned that they have the money for it. Um, one of the things they announced during the press conference is they ha- they're establishing their um, first-party studio. So they're having a the first-party studio to make games exclusive to Stadia. A move which, if a game co- if a um, company out there went out and said like you know hey we're streaming we're streaming the games to our device that's one thing you have third party to sign on. It's also another thing to to say oh also. We're having a first-party game company specifically to make exclusives for our platform, which indicates that they are definitely not only dipping their entire foot into the game industry into what they want to do, but at this point, their whole body is underwater. Um, and they are definitely diving in. They're definitely the diving in. That, <laughs> the, fact that what, the fact that Valer just put it into the chat, holy shit. God damn! For those for those for those listening on the audio version, um, he 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 types in, in chat. Alphabet's re- uh, revenue for 2018 is 136.8 billion, billion for B. It's a whole lot of money. I, I, I'm wondering. I've never heard Alphabet's, but I'm assuming that that's tied to Google. Yes. Absolutely. One of the interesting things they put, uh, I uh, noted down of what they were talking about during the press conference is a few things I want to point out. Uh, they did say that they're going to uh, have cross-play with Stadia, so you can play this uh, against other people on other consoles. Haha, <laughs> Sony. Um, they also said that the other interesting thing is um, the one of the functions of its controller is uh, you can carry over save states. Say you're playing on a uh, on your laptop, you hit the square button. Uh, it's like a well, the square button's right next to the uh, the usual buttons you usually see. You hit it, it saves the game where it's at, like a save like a save data. And then say you want to decide to play it on your phone, you pick up your phone. You have either the attachment for it, or I'm assuming like some on on uh, on screen buttons you can choose from. Uh, load it up, and then you continue where you left off. That's one of the things they kind of showed off during the press conference, which, you know, that's really fucking cool. And I think that's one of the things that I think a lot of people will be wanting to see, especially with um, the other big, uh, the big three, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, to see if that's even possible. Um, and Google's here is explaining it. It can happen. But in terms of like how it's going to be, it's, again, a lot of this is pie in the sky and wait and see when it comes out or when this is fully happening uh, this year at some point. Um, speaking of which... They did say they got more information coming in summer twenty nine, uh, summer of this year, which could mean they could be at E three. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, my gut says no, but I um, would not be surprised if they do show up at E three. I don't want this to fail, but I just don't see how it can succeed. I think it seems to be interesting. I'm very curious. I personally, I think that if it succeeds, it's going to shape the game industry into a new way of how games are coming. Sure, I completely agree with that. I think at the end of the day, uh, 
if this works and it works well and everybody has access to it in the best ways, then great. But it's like Valer says, we don't know pricing. Yep. We don't know what exactly, like, is it its own device? So the, is, this, is this software being added? So this, so as far as what it is, it's basically, it's a platform. You can use any, anything that supports Google, uh, Chromecast, um, Chromebook, um, your web browser. <laughs> Sorry, Valer. For the listeners, he said, is it bundled YouTube premium? <laughs> um, but basically, it's support, anything that supports Google in some capacity can run it. Um, as far as like you know what a, a price date or uh, I mean a price and or a store what it looks like and how you buy games or what have you that has yet to be determined. My guess is they'll explain that in the summer or you know either E3 or in the summer of regarding uh, regarding it. So that is going to be questions will be an- will hopefully will be answered by then. At the moment we don't know. Um, much of this is basically showing up what it is and what what this uh this platform you know what i'm kind of curious about mm-hmm. i just thought of this anthony what if and follow me here the only way you can use stadia is if you have google fiber no because i would the reason why i say no is because it wasn't a yes or no it was more of a oh. what do you think of that oh okay well when my, my my initial reaction is um is that they they recently just did a test with people that, hey, play our play Assassin's Creed Odyssey for free on Google, on your Google Chrome browser as part of a test for something. Um, if they, yes, they have they, they have Google Google Fiber. Oh, okay, I didn't know that before. Yeah, but I, yeah, I doubt they'll do that. If they want to be open it to as much as many people, I don't think they're gonna go ahead and just make it to only people who get Google Fiber. Again, it's just those data caps, man. That's what I keep. I know, about. I know. I, I, I'm, I that's, I, and that, and that's, and that's a big part of it. Like it's, you know, at the end of the day, like you can have all these fancy things, you can say this and that, but at the end of the day, like it's gonna, it's gonna be up to how it works, how much data and internet is really spitting out, and how much is it taking in. And for a lot of us in the U.S., like we have those data caps um, that hinder a lot of us. Uh, and in some cases, like worse for others. If you're outside the U.S. and you have no problem with internet, I'm, I'm, we're, we are jealous of you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like in the U.S., it's much more of a problem, and uh, that's going to be a very interesting thing with all internet type of platform that Google's putting out there. So I mean, again, wait, <laughs> wait and see. I, I'm very curious to see how it develops and how, yeah. how this will I mean, change. It could, it could, it could be a big thing, Anthony. Where like. Every other country, it's super successful, except for the United States. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I do want to point out during the presentation, which is a total shot to both Microsoft and Sony, they had a slide at one point that said how many teraflops that the um, uh, that Stadia will have. It was like 10.7 teraflops, and then you see Sony Microsoft number, which was like less. It was like I want to say like five for Microsoft and like 4.6 for Sony. And you see Stadia's number right in the center, 10.7 teraflops. It was like the biggest- Teraflops of what? Of power, or just like, just, I wanna say, I wanna say RAM, I'm not too sure, but like, when I when I hear teraflops, I'm thinking pretty much of like, 
power and RAM and making the game like 60 frames consistently. GPU, thank you. The GPU. So that shit costs money. Yeah. Like that's why it's not in like not naturally in the fucking Xbox or the or the PlayStation. Like it's just not cheap. I know. That was the point in the PlayStation where Google was just putting out his dick. It's just like, oh, here big his 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 how how big ours is. Um, also, they have a lot of money, so they they can do that. So, <laughs> there. Talking about is it like again? Not talking about that it's cheap or not for them. They don't fucking care. I'm saying to sell it is not cheap. Yeah, absolutely. For the consumer, it won't be cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things they did, they did, they. Unless they figured out something that Microsoft and Sony didn't. Yep. This this does bring up a question though regarding um, Microsoft because Microsoft like as of last week announced that they were gonna do they were gonna there were rumors that there was gonna be a new streaming console from Microsoft um, that's gonna be coming out in May discussed in April um, and I'm kind of wondering what's their mind what's their mind at right now after seeing this presentation like do I kind of wonder what what they're thinking of. Uh, about what plans or whatnot. I'm pretty sure they're gonna follow through anyways. But I wanna think in my mind like what if anything has any effect on them. Probably not, but I'm just kinda of thinking like yeah, I like to be a fly in the room of Microsoft when they saw this press conference. But that's gonna be interesting to see what they say, what they do with their console. I mean yeah we still don't know like we know that Sony's not gonna be at E three. So we have to wait for the next PlayStation experience to see what you know they have coming out and then on top of that like microsoft's supposed to be announcing something at e3 nintendo's supposed to have something at e3 so that's i don't know mm-hmm. a, bu- a bunch of question marks for, for a lot of things right now google just kind of threw a wrench in, in, in a lot of people's plans <laughs> um but also i mean I, I hope i sincerely hope anthony that whatever stadia does it does change the gaming landscape to a better area yes i really sincerely hope that i i i just what they presented today does not show that to me. Hmm. It shows to me that they want this high power gaming, but on their terms. And to me, that's just not, it's just not as feasible as I think they think it is. Yeah. It, it, I'm very, very curious to see how, how it goes. I think that one of the things also, also not to mention, uh, like during this, they'll take a shot on, they didn't say, they didn't say verbatim, but they were touting, you know, the YouTube gaming streaming content as well, and how um, they have that feature in Stadia, um, which also, you know, cool feature they they, they showed off was basically if you have if you have a stream and on YouTube and you have a chat that wants to join in, there's a button that shows up at the very bottom of the chat, and you can join in uh, to cue the play the player on stream um, right then and there, which is a. Cool- I, I you know you know I'll say this, Anthony. I hope that there's a a uh, version of Stadia that does not stream. Uh, there's a version of Stadia that's like, hey, do you have a, do you have a hard drive that you can plug into it? Well, here you go. You can. I I, I, I think that that the way they set this up, the way they presented it, I think they're all in on the on the internet. And I'm um, aware. Trust me, I I'm totally aware. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, I'm thinking as positive as I can about this thing, but it's. Oh, it's it's, right. it's it's a lot of questions, but they will definitely find out. But if anything, Google has definitely uh, put their foothold or put their foot in the game industry right now. And uh, yeah, welcome welcome Google to the game industry. 
All right, so moving on to our next topic at hand. And let me just make sure. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right. So, boom, oops. Boom, boom. Okay. All right, so, uh, Greg, you played The Division 2. Um, and that game is out. And uh, so far, it's been getting some good praise from a lot of people. But the people want to know, what's your thoughts on The Division 2? Uh, I think it's a fantastic game. It's it's way better than the first one. Um, they really, really, really went all out on the whole, like, implementing a shit ton of content for a game that's meant to be played for extended periods of time. Uh, something that I think other looter shooters kind of fall flat on is you hit end game content and it's it's lacking significantly. Um, like, uh, let, let's take, uh, you know, uh, um, Destiny 1. End game content was boring, like full on. It didn't help that the story sucked. But let's go to Destiny 2. Or hell, let's stay with Destiny. Oh my gosh, I'm pulling at you, Anthony. <laughs> uh, let's go with Destiny 2. I'm oh, sorry, Destiny uh, uh, Taken King content. And they fixed a lot of the problems with like end game. But there was still not a shit ton of end game. It was like, all right, now just grind to get to max level so that way you can be ready for the raid. And that's fine and all, but that's very bland. That's very eating a uh, vanilla sundae with just like vanilla. Maybe a drizzle of chocolate. <laughs> right, right. Destiny Two comes along and goes, "We got this great story." Um, but we understand that, that a bunch of the casual players weren't able to get to end game content because, or they were late because they just don't have the time. All right, well, we'll make the game for you. So it was super made for casuals. Like you pop in two or three hours a week and be able to fucking make, stay at max level. Mm. Um, <clears throat> um, uh, and that was fine. And then, and then the first DLC came out for, for Destiny 2. And they were like, all right, we changed some stuff up, made it more hardcore. And they did a really smart job. They were like, okay, casual players can still be at max level, but if you really want to grind for these special guns that have like mods and stuff on them, that's there for those players. So the hardcore players can then play with the casual players, you know? Hmm. That was a big deal. I was like, that's really fucking smart. Again, though, and I can't stress this enough, in-game content was just... All right, we've done uh, vanilla ice cream with some chocolate drizzle and a little bit of sprinkles. All right, it doesn't seem like it's enough, right? Mm -hmm. Anthem comes along and goes, sorry, Division One comes along and says, we got you, dude, we got you. So here's the thing. There's all this story, and that's great. You'll hit max level very quickly. Uh, but you want that really, really good stuff, the really, really prime, crisp stuff? You're going to want to head into the multiplayer area where you get frustrated because the second that you have high-level gear, somebody else can take it from you. I remember that, yeah. That's the only way to get that <laughs> high-level gear. All right, cool. That's not fucking fun. So Anthem comes along and says, we got this really cool idea where you fly around like, a, like an Iron Man suit, and it's really fun to play around in that world and area. 
Uh, don't worry about the looter shooter part because that's not what we concentrated on. We concentrated on the other stuff. Okay. Weird. That's strange. Uh, our loot is okay. Not great. Our in-game content is lacking significantly. Like, you got your story. All right, done. And the story's not bad. The story's not bad. But it's very clear to me where Anthem's money went. Very clear to me. I had a lot of fun playing it. I'm not dogging the game on, on certain aspects. Because playing the game is a blast. Flying around feels good. Shooting feels good. It all feels good. But, you know, again... Vanilla ice cream can only take it so far. So what kind of ice cream is the Division 2 then? Fucking Rocky Road. <laughs> yeah. Marshmallows and peanuts and almonds. And like it's got like another chocolate chocolate. You know that you know that chocolate drizzle that you put on that gets hard? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's got that. Nice. It's also got like it's also got like other toppings that you want. That's awesome. Uh, I'm ten hours in. Ten hours in. And I am maybe 20% through the game. Maybe. Mm. Mm. Um, here's the other brilliant thing, Anthony. <laughs> and I can't stress this enough. <laughs> uh, Division 2 is diabetes. Um, <laughs> uh, every side mission, everything you pick up, the collectibles, everything has story to it. Has something about it. Uh, Division 1 did this, and I thought it was really smart, where you find these nodes on the ground that, like, show you a scene, but, like, in a VR simulation sort of thing in the area that you're in. Sometimes you'll find walkie-talkies that have recordings on them or whatever, or cell phones. That shit was rad in the first game. This game goes, yeah, we have those, too. Sometimes you have to literally fight groups of enemies for them. Uh, there are areas of Washington, D.C. you have to basically, like, take over. Um, and and uh, as you do missions... Uh, you you get more more stuff like water, food, and, and and crafting material, and you're able to give that to these groups to make their area stronger, so that way they can hold it down on their own without being taken over by the enemy. Um, there are random events in the world that are just fun, but they make sense. Like you'll just come up to a public execution. Sure, that's grim and dark, but at the same time, it's something to do. Like, it's fun. Hmm. Now, a lot of people say, oh, the gameplay is just cover shooter. When the fuck has that not been fun? <laughs> very true, uh, very true, very true. Are, there are eight abilities that you can unlock for your character. Each ability has three to four different little things you can unlock for that thing. Uh, the character has a bunch of fucking level, level ups that you get as you go through the thing. Um, like, like hold more grenades, hold more stuff in your pouch, shit like that. Uh, every single stronghold that you find, you're able to level up by just giving them the gear that you get from missions or the material that you find. Um, the story of the game is quite literally, you are an agent of the division that was somewhere else and tasked with coming to Washington DC to help. And it is awesome. Walking through locations in DC that I've been to is fucking rad. So when I was at in North Carolina with Mich with uh, Half of Danger Tank back in uh 2015 
sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, that's a 14. Uh, let's do the 15. Uh, hmm. January 2016. Um, there's a whole mission where you have to go inside the Aerospace Museum. There is a whole section where you are literally walking through the main part of the Space and Air, uh, Air and Space Museum. You know, I literally walked through the area, Anthony, and went, I went to the bathroom in that bathroom. I, I peed in that bathroom. Nice. <laughs> I remember walking into this building right here, this room right here, looking at this. Oh, hey, look over here. That's where the, uh, um, the Wrights Brothers plane is. Oh, and this room is where all the moon stuff is. Like, walking through that building and going, this looks one-to-one is one of the coolest experiences I've had in a game in a long fucking time. Nice. Nice. Uh, and I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. Mm. I can't make that clear enough. I have played for 10 hours and I've done all main missions and one side mission. 10 hours. Wow. And I'm 20, 25% through the game. Wow. Come on. My, my... It's like, like, Yo, Ubisoft, you done did it right. The looters <laughs> correct. Absolutely. Uh, how was the difficulty in the game? Like, <laughs> it depends. So they did. They they have a scaling system for when you're playing with friends who are a higher level or lower level than you. Mm-hmm. And what it is is that the lower level gets bumped up to that level. So my buddy uh, uh, Monkey that I play with is 16. I'm I was like a level seven. And if you look at like the you hit the back, you hold the back button and it shows like your character level. It's like you're level seven. But you're you're buffed to a fifteen right now. Oh, that's cool. All right, cool, awesome. So so it's on his level, but your guns do more damage. Um, stuff like that's really fucking cool. Uh, if I do a side mission that my buddy has, it completes it on my thing. Like if I'm in his party, uh, Anthem fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like it's 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 just. It's so well done. But what's so fucking crazy to me about The Division is, like, you're looking at this trailer right now. It is a dark, grim world. Mm-hmm. Dark, grim world. It is a post-apocalyptic setting where, if you didn't play Division 1, the idea is that somebody created a man-made super smallpox virus that wiped out, like, 80% of the population on the entire Earth. The first game takes place in New York. This one takes place in D.C. I want Division 3 to take place on, like, the West Coast. Maybe in Europe, maybe like Montreal. Oh yeah. Like, like there's so many options you have for where you could take this game. Um, another big thing about this game is that the first game took place in winter. This one takes place in like late spring, early summer. Mm. Wow. Like the temperature outside seems like a, a, a constant 75 degrees with occasional rain. Wow. So I'm spring, but awesome. So you're gonna keep playing it for uh, quite some time, then. Oh yeah, like I, I rented it because I, I was like, I'm not gonna buy Division Two, the the beta didn't really w- w- wow me, and uh, we were playing it, and I was just like, you know what? Sometimes you just you back the wrong horse, guys. It just happens. <laughs> so it's it's I highly recommend it. It's it's really well made, really well structured. I have seen absolutely no bugs in the game. Um, uh, I did have one really funny Easter egg that I want to share before I finish this. Okay. Uh, so throughout the game, uh, you'll see backpacks and suits and, and luggage and stuff like that, that, or trash cans that you can salvage material out of. 
whether it's water, fabric, crafting material, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as I was doing that, I found a printer that said, press X to print last paper or something like that. I was like, the hell is this? So I pressed, I pressed the button and it printed out a paper. And I was like, what did it print out? And I look at it and it was a, uh, it was a, it, it was a picture of the solar system, but the earth was a flat square. And on the top it said the flat earth here. <laughs> that's great. I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. That's so, good. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> little touches like that. It's just, it's so well made, so well structured. I would say like my only issue was that the faces and whatnot still fall under the uh, uh, Uncanny Valley category where it's like they're too real to be like almost looking animatronic. I see. <laughs> it's, it's like that, uh, whatever. It's everything else is so good about it. I don't care. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, there you go, guys. There is, 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 would you call it a review at this point? Or just like an impression of the Division 2. What's up? Sorry. I was going to say, like, would you call this an impression or a review of the Division 2? A little bit of both. Okay. A little bit, little bit of both. All right. But all right. Moving on to our next topic at hand. Um, let me get this timer started. Okay. So, Bethesda recently tweeted out and announced that they are coming back to E3 this year um, after... Uh, what many kind of question if they were were to or not uh, with the recent uh, games they've been putting out and, and what have you. But uh, here's a statement from Bethesda off to the website. Uh, Stark, speculating, refresh, Walmart Canada, but most importantly, mark your calendars. E3 is coming in on Sunday, June 9th at 5.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Team Bethesda returns to Los Angeles for our fifth annual Bethesda E3 showcase. It's going to be a hell of a night. We've got an in-depth look at Doom Eternal, plus much, much more. Uh, we want to be together with all of you this year. And with that in mind, we are planning to invite more of you, our biggest fans, to join us on the biggest night of the year. Official invitations with additional event details, including how to register for a chance to attend this year's showcase, are coming soon. Don't forget to share your thoughts using the hashtag BE3 on social media. During our pre-show, we'll be highlighting fan photos that use the hashtag. Um, so, yeah, uh, one of the things that I think people were questioning is like, will they show will they show for E3 for this year because of what happened Fallout seventy six and given the uh, the controversy and what have you with that. Um, but, but they have enough games to where they cannot have it as a main uh, showcase and like mention it, but move on quickly move on to other games they have uh, already uh, ready in hand to show off. Including, as they said, Doom Eternal, which I'm personally excited for, because I am super stoked about Doom. Um, <coughs> but because we're in the talks of E3, E3 is um, coming closer and closer. Uh, I'm going to get more companies coming out and saying, will they attend, will they not? At the moment, so far, with the press conferences count, we have Microsoft, uh, we got Bethesda, uh, we got Ubisoft, um, Nintendo... I guess I mean definitely direct, but would you call that? No, it's not a press conference technically. No, I don't know. As of right now, yeah, I think it's just uh, Microsoft, uh, Bethesda, Ubisoft. Yep, Ubisoft. And I mean, if Square has this thing last year, it still goes. I basically fucking doubt it. I oh, I forgot the uh, Devolver Digital. Well, is that? But that's not even a press conference though. That's like a 
And it's a show. Yeah. It's a show. Yeah. I mean, you could call it a press conference because they technically announced games during it. Mm-hmm. Technically. And if you want to speculate as far as what they might be showing at the Bethesda press conference, here's a list of the games they announced last year, uh, last year's E3. Uh, Rage 2, which that game is coming out, is that going to be before E3, right? Rage 2? Uh, look it up. Okay. I, I want to say yes, it is. Um, Doom Eternal, which they showed last year, and then I'm pretty sure it'll show again this year. Hopefully we'll get a release date. Maybe we'll yes, just... Yes, oh. comes on May 14th. Gotcha. Okay, so Rage 2 will be before E3. Okay. Um, so, cross out. Blair, I'm going to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Doom Eternal, as I said, it's going to be again, it's going to be shown. Hopefully, this time we'll have a release date uh, when that's coming out. I'm hoping, if I were to put money on it, uh, probably in the fall of some point, maybe September. I don't know more about that, <clears throat> that space RPG they're coming out with. Oh, Starfield? Starfield, yes. Um, I think they might touch upon it. They they didn't show really anything, and I think Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six are going to be for the next gen consoles. Well, I, 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bethesda did something last year that <clears throat> the other companies didn't do, and that was they they made everybody they made fucking everybody shit their pants. Yep. Like, their conference was massive. Yep. Uh, there's no way they're do- they're they're not doing that again. You think so? You think they're gonna come out? Ball, uh, I won't say ball swinging. Uh, <laughs> um, they're gonna come out with uh, fist swinging and just going for defenses. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I think they're gonna come out with like they're gonna be like, all right, Skyrim Mobile. Here's video footage of it. Uh, Skyrim or Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> Release date. Trailer. Uh, Fallout 5. Trailer. Release date. Hmm. Starfield. Trailer. No release date. Or at least broad release date. Hmm. Uh, And then they're going to surprise us with something. Maybe an IP that they've been sitting on for a long time that we don't know about. I... Hmm. That is a very bold claim. Um, can they do it? I mean, sure, definitely. Um, I am very curious to see it. I don't know. I honestly do not know what they have in plan uh, for, for this E3. I know there are games that they <coughs> announced last year. They're going to probably show off again that were not released. Probably more information about Wolfenstein's uh, co-op title, Youngblood, starring BJ's, um, I want to say was, was his daughters or his, um, yeah, his, like his daughters that were taking center stage in that, in that DLC. Um, we're probably yeah, so we're definitely we're definitely getting more Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. You'll see that. Uh, they're going to talk about Rage Two and like sales and shit on that game. They're going to ta- they're going to apologize essentially, not directly apologize, but kind of apologize for Fallout seventy six. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, they 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 have they they have the Star Trek IP apparently. Hmm. Uh, so we could see something from that. Maybe Wet Two. Oh no, there's no chance in hell. <laughs> why? Why do you say that? I mean, I never say never, but unless they, I don't think anybody's really clamoring for another wet, or even if it was brought back, it'd be dramatically changed from from top to bottom, what that game was and how it is sure. today. Old enough, it's old enough for it to get a either a, a reboot or, um, 
a sequel that's completely different. I would I would side on a sequel completely different. I think there's nobody in 2019 that game will not socially. I don't think that game would uh, do well um, for the way that the game is presented. I'll just leave it, leave it at that. But uh, uh, other than that, in terms of whether they have anything in the pipeline, I mean I don't think I think they'll show something of Quake Champions because they I'm not sure if they're still supporting that game. I'm pretty sure they are. But I haven't heard nothing about that game in a long time or anybody talk about it. I'm pretty sure they'll just say like, hey, we have the game still. Here's a new character for Quake Champions. Go and play it if you can. That's probably like a short thing they'll do on that. I mean, I mean it's more likely that they just have a bunch of like either a uh, DLC content for existing games or um, like one new game. Maybe they're like, oh, the Skyrim Mobile game comes out today. Like that's they're gonna be their big thing. Mm -hmm. I, I I have a very strong feeling they're gonna have a trailer for Elder Scrolls Six. Uh, yeah, uh, well, but an idea trailer, not yeah, like a gameplay yeah. trailer. Yeah, I think because when I said that they were, when they showed Starfield and um, Elder Scrolls Six, just like title screens from from last year, you know, it, they, that was basically them saying, "Hey, we're working on these games, but you probably won't see them until next gen." Um, and when I said that a minute ago, I'm thinking next gen, like, oh wait. It's around the corner as it is. PS5 been in, in rumors and talks for quite some time. Sony's kind of been hush hush about it, but like the talks are out there and the rumors are out there for the PS5. Xbox is put, putting out you know two new consoles. Uh, one particularly maybe you know a bit more power graphic heavy than the other one when, when the streaming service uh, console comes out at some point for them. Um, and yeah, the, not to mention Google's new thing now. So. Yes, we are kind of in that pseudo, we're getting into transition of the next generation consoles, which means by by that point, Bethesda's Fallout, uh, or Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield could see the light of day more sooner than I thought, or we think. Uh, yeah. It was, it was I don't know, man. Like, because like, last year they had, they did, they, they fucking killed it last year. Absolutely. Just, just look at, for those listening, just watch our archive of uh, on here of us losing our fucking minds last year. <laughs> so yes, they have the potential to do it. Yeah, I just, I don't, I just, I'm trying to think of what they could do to just like do it again, but I don't think they can. Like we've talked about this before, how these these companies they'll come out one year and just kill it, and then the next year it's just womp womp. I know exactly how they can do it. But but it's it's okay. Bring back Andrew WK. <laughs> uh, All right. So my whole why you're wrong segment is going to be on that now. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, yeah. it has happened before. Look at Sony. When Sony did the field, the, the field of dreams, the uh, press conference of dreams that one year. Um, and then the the year afterwards was not as impressive as, as that one. So it, it can happen. Um I think it'd be a fine. I think it'd be a fine press conference for Bethesda. I don't think it's gonna blow my dick off or anything, but who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe it will, and uh, we'll, I'll be wrong. Yeah. I'm excited. I think you know. I think Bethesda has has the ability to. Oh yeah. Blow again, so. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm not doubting that they can't, but I'm. <laughs> but I am. I am skeptical to see what they have. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get this set up properly. Uh, where is that? Boom, boom. All right, guys. 
you've made it to the very end of the uh, majority of the podcast, we've got one more segment for you. And that segment is Why You're Wrong with Great Deeds. All right, all right. All right, boys and girls. Let's get in here nice and tight. Okay, so in, in recent uh, news, um, I know that Anthem is not... I hate that I'm that close to the camera. I know that Anthem is not that um, well loved right now. It is. It is. It's. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not in great shape. Boycotting the game for a day doesn't do anything because you'll be back tomorrow, and it's really only a handful of you that did it. So all you're showing the internet is you're a bunch of man-children who can't handle a game being bad. Sorry, just seeing the thing. Um, we've seen it from time and time, time and time again that people get angry at something and they go, we're going to boycott it. We're going to boycott this game. We hope it fails. It doesn't do anything. You're a small group of people. You don't have that much influence and say, and eventually you're going to buy the game. And probably some of you secretly bought it, you know, or some of you bought it and, and you, and you announced it. You're like, I'm going to make sure it's bad for everybody. It doesn't help. Like you think it does. It doesn't have this effect of change. Like you think it does. It doesn't work. It never does work. It never will work. So why do it? Why, why go to the extent of claiming to boycott a game? Why why do this? It doesn't it doesn't make sense. I remember back in the day I'd heard the boycotting of Left 4 Dead 2. Because Left 4 Dead 1 was still out and it was still being played. We're we're not gonna play Left 4 Dead 2 because we're still playing Left 4 Dead 1. What? That doesn't make any sense. Just don't buy Left 4 Dead 2. Or shut the fuck up and buy Left 4 Dead 2. If you enjoy the franchise so much, why not continue to play? Also, you have to realize you are a small minority. You are a small vocal minority. And what I mean by that is you are maybe 1%. Maybe. So to an extent, you're insignificant. You can't prove to me that boycotting a video game has ever worked. Because it won't. There are ways to get the changes that you want. There are ways to implement that. Boycotting ain't one of them. It never will be one of them. I can also tell you that, you know, throwing death threats and screaming and yelling and throwing a fit, those don't help either. Those get you blocked and ignored. <clears throat> now, you know, constructive criticism. I want loot drops to be a little different. I don't really want to spend $60 on a game that only is basically only updates. Is there anything in that game that will make me want to buy it for 60 bucks? Asking questions like that. Those are helpful. Those push the dialogue forward. The narrative outside of, we're just not going to buy it because fuck you. 
don't don't do it. Don't play it. Uh, don't listen. Don't play that. Don't play that game. And I mean that in the sense of like boycott it. Um, that phrase doesn't really work when I'm talking about video games. I realize. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just you know every time it happens, every time I see like. Uh, these gamers on Reddit said they're going to boycott a game because they're angry at it, or they're not going to, they're going to boycott buying a game because they don't like the developer's stance on this thing. I mean, we just saw like the boycott of Captain Marvel. What good did that do? You know, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do any good. You're not, you, all you're doing is stressing out devs. You're stressing out hardworking people because you, because you feel entitled. Uh, there's a streamer that I watch <clears throat> all the time. He streams uh, every other day, kind of on Twitch. But his name is Pay Money Wubby. Now, Pay Money Wubby does have a more uh, hard edge comedy style than other people, and it might not be for everybody. I don't recommend watching him if you have a sensitive st- a sense of humor. But I don't think anyone listening to this podcast, you know, if you're like me, you'll find him funny. Uh, but he had a whole thing on his Sunday show. Where, uh, was it Sunday or Friday? Anywho, he, uh, <clears throat> um, is that, hold on, what is that for, Valer? Just out of curiosity. Uh, basically, he had to cancel the stream. So he streams every Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Those are the days he streams. And he does it from uh, 5 five to 9-ish. Uh, and he had to cancel the stream for, for personal reasons, right? And this, these group, this group of guys, very small group of guys, went to, went to Reddit and started saying they're going to boycott the stream and they're never going to watch them again because not streaming devalues their sub and all this kind of bullshit. And 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 Wubby was like, first off, that's the most absurd thing I've ever fucking heard. Like, I do have a personal life. I'm not just your goddamn trained monkey that performs when you want me to. I'm a human that tries to do an entertaining show. Secondly, uh, to claim that your sub, your your five, I'm sorry, your four ninety nine a month, uh, is is going to make or break me, is fucking absurd. And he points down at his subtotal, which is in the ten thousands area. I think at the time it was like eleven thousand five hundred. Uh he goes, that right there speaks more volume than you guys on Reddit going off. So you don't like the show anymore because I missed a day? Bye. Go fuck yourself. I just felt like that was very eloquent to this situation. Their boycott won't matter. But it kind of got to Wubby a little bit because he's just like, fuck these guys. Like, I try to do an entertaining show. I have a personal life. You guys don't know me. You know me when I do this show, and I do, and I put on a facade, if you will, because that's what I do. That's the whole point of entertainment. This isn't the real me. You don't know the real me, and you're not gonna know the real me. 
I was just like, yeah. Same goes for video games. You don't know what these devs are going through. You don't know the hardships that they're fucking going through. You don't know what they went through when trying to make the game. None of you do. You think you do, but you don't. So have, have a little bit of fucking cur- common courtesy. Understand that sometimes things just suck. And you just live on with your life. Move on. Because boycotting is why you're wrong. I, I love the fact that as soon as you said that, I heard a laughter in the background. So just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, another week, another podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, we are going inching, inching more closer to that E3 event, which Greg and I are always excited for. But uh, this time around, I'm actually be in the area. So I'm, I'm trying to attend the event. So let's see how that goes. But uh before we go, Greg, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. <clears throat> sorry, at ChubRakik. That's uh, so where you can tell me your opinion on these things and why I'm wrong, I guess. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at ChubRakik. I rarely use those, though. Uh, for anything that I'm doing, any upcoming events that I might be taking a part of, if you're interested in that, ChubRakik is where you're going to follow me at, on Twitter. Um, I also stream occasionally on my own personal channel which is twitch.tv slash chubrakik. Uh, very rarely, because just don't have the time and energy to do it these days. Um, uh, but uh, I also do a podcast with my buddy Josh uh, called All Cued Up. Um, it's a, uh, a weekly show now. Um, every other week we do a review show where we, do, we watch two shows in their entirety, and we give them our impressions and, and takes on it, and then we give a grade. Uh, this upcoming weekend, this upcoming Friday, uh, you'll see, you'll hear a new episode on that about a sitcom on Netflix called Working Moms, and a movie that stars Ben Affleck and Pedro Pascal and and uh, Charlie Hunnam called uh, um, Triple Frontier. Very interesting film, uh, but we're gonna have that discussion, and uh, that'll be up on Friday. But every every in between week on that, we have a show called Uninhibited, where Josh and I just shoot the shit. We talk about grievances. We talk about our lives. We talk about whatever the fuck we want. It's basically our our our, our bullshit show, uh, our decompressed show, if you will. But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. So definitely check that out. It's on allketopodcast.com um, or wherever you find your podcast. Awesome. Um, before I go into my shindig, I do have a suggestion for you, Greg. And normally when I make a suggestion, it's always usually pretty bad, but this time is actually good. Um, I suggest you guys check out on Netflix, uh, was it Love, Death, and Robots? So that's already, yes. Like, trust me. Trust me. That's already, it's already going to be a thing. We're watching that show. And then if Josh wants to pick something else, there was another big show that came out on Netflix here recently that, uh, The Umbrella Academy. No, no, no. We already reviewed that. That's actually, episode's up. If you want to hear our opinions on The Umbrella Academy, that's already up. Gotcha. Uh, no, I'm trying to remember season, what it is. Season three of Queer Eye. <clears throat> well, so that's another thing about our podcast is like <clears throat> shows like Queer Eye, we're not going to watch because, and let me make this clear. 
there are shows that are either weekly or just don't fall into the idea for the show that we have. So like uh, Patriot Act with um, uh, Hassan. Is it Minhaj? Minhaj, whatever. Um, Patriot Act's a great show. Hilarious. It's, it's, it's political comedy at its best. Not the kind of show that we want to review on the podcast. Same goes for Queer Eye. It's or or like the Mary Kondo show, just not going to happen. Uh, as I'm as much as I know that Valer is making a joke, that kind of show is not what we want to watch. But if there's a scripted show that has a number of episodes that that we can watch in one like plot, like it's it's the show is about binging. The show, like the idea is that we are cranking out two shows in a week because we're binge watching them. The uh, original title for the show was like the binge watchers. Um, or we were actually going to call it binge and purge, which we were like, maybe not make that joke. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, oh, I, I know. Valer, I know. Like I said, I knew I knew you're not serious, but like. Uh, like recently, they were like the confessions of a killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. We're not watching that. Sure, it's a Netflix original, but we're not going to watch something like that. Uh, but we do want to watch original shows. So if there's something that stood out to you that is interesting that you want us to watch, definitely let us know. Uh, you go fuck yourself, Blair. How about that? <laughs> uh, oh, Afterlife, the the Ricky Gervais show, Afterlife. That was the other one I wanted to I wanted to watch. Um, <clears throat> but well, we'll see. We'll see. He he might. I I I want to review Love, Death, and Robots, um, because I just want to watch it. It's fucking David Fincher and Tim Miller's, uh, you know, heavy metal. Like, oh yeah, please. please it's thank you. super I'll good. Pay. It's super good. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's that's definitely gonna be watched. Like that's my pick. Hopefully he has a good pick. Maybe I can talk him into afterlife, but um yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and 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 that'll be let's see. So this upcoming episode is gonna be on oops, hit the wrong thing, hit the dasher app, I need to do that. Uh this upcoming episode the twenty second, so the episode with Love Death and Robots will be on the fifth. Cool. Awesome. Sweet. So there you go. Hopefully that happens in the show and hopefully yeah. I'll be, down to, I'll be down to listen to that one. Uh, you can follow me on, on Twitter at TheEffectOfNaruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStarPodcast.com. And uh, you can follow the work that we do, including this very podcast, posted every Monday uh, for your brand new spanking episode of Mission Star Podcast. As well as if you cannot catch on the website, you can also catch each segment on our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash MissionStarTube. Uh, we can check out all of these segments like over to the mic uh, uh, into each day leading up to the next stream of the podcast. But with that being said, and I'm consistently just like, oh man, right into the microphone. Great. Uh, <laughs> uh, with that being said, uh, thank you guys as always, and we will see you guys next time.